I didn't want to do it like everybody else. I didn't want to make the cold calls. <laughs> I didn't want to work so hard. I really wanted leads to come my way. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guide, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with Laura Greeno. Now, uh, Laura is the, uh, the founder of Web Scout Marketing. Now, she focuses on SEO and everything she does is based around getting more leads and making more sales through the website. She does this through, like I said, SEO and attraction marketing. Now, the funny story is that she actually contacted me to, uh, I thought this was really, really cool, by the way. Uh, and if, if, uh, if you're listening and you want to do this, please do. But Laura contacted me out of the blue and said, look, I can't see any women on your website. You need some, some women up there. And um, it made, made my day, really. I really, really put a smile on my face. So, uh, so here we are recording an interview, and um, we're going to find out what Laura does and, and how, she, how she makes her clients happy. So, yeah, Laura, how are you today? Hi, I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. So before we get into, I, I guess, the nuts and bolts, uh, the, some of the more tactical stuff of what you do, tell, me, uh, tell the listener a little bit about you know, who is Laura Greeno and uh, what do you do? Okay. So technically, I'm an online marketing consultant, but uh, I started in sales. Um, I came from this from a sales perspective, and it, I always worked. I worked for a, my first sales job was with a a digital experience branding company. So you walk into a do you have do you have Hollister and American Eagle and all those and where you are? We no, not right here. We don't no. have them in Australia either. <laughs> the large retailers create an experience when you walk into their store. They've got music. They've got a certain scent that goes along with their brand, and sometimes they have messaging that comes in overhead. So that was my first sales job with this uh, digital branding type company, and um, I soon quickly realized that. In order to be any good at sales, I had to understand and learn how to market myself and to, I didn't want to do it like everybody else. I didn't want to make the cold calls. <laughs> I didn't want to um, work so hard. I really wanted leads to come my way. And based off of my first experience with our first marketing campaign, I realized that the marketing uh, teams in most large companies are just so far away from the customer and so disconnected from the sales organization that I was going to have to do it myself. So, um, so in order to be a good salesperson, I had to be a good marketer. And the way that I did it was through attraction marketing. I used a lot of email marketing way back then. It was like 2000, well, 1999 is when I started. Wow. Um, yeah, so I did a lot of email marketing, but it was all one-on-one, and I did everything that you do autoresponding, I was doing by hand, right, manually. <laughs> so I did learn that it worked, and over time, right, when we got more tools and learned a little more, um, was able to make that happen more. But the attraction piece really worked for me. My boss had no idea what I was doing, but I ended up as like number two in the company overall. <laughs> so nice. it was, uh, 
So it was working, it was basically. Right. Yeah, it was working. And I just kind of, I started having people come to me to ask me way back then, what, how are you doing this? And what are you doing? And can you help me? And can you also do this? And what do you think? <laughs> so all the, anything and everything that had to do with marketing and branding and um, email and um, eventually search engine optimization and search engine marketing and content marketing, all those things. People just kind of came to me and um, just for help. And I always had uh, a full-time job. And so this help kind of became a bigger job for me than what I could handle. And I decided, well, I'm going to make money off of this somehow because I'm running out of time helping people on the side. And so I just kind of created my own agency after all of the different experiences in technology and creative kind of mixed together with sales and the behavior knowledge that I learned over time through being in sales and actually for 10 years before that. Um, as bartender. So I had 10 years of uh, watching people and learning how people behave. <laughs> Using that knowledge in sales and marketing has been really helpful. So. Awesome. So it sounds like, because I mean, it's the interesting part of that story is a lot of people, like a lot of people right now who listen to this, I mean, some of them anyway, who are listening to this, they, they've got a job or they're trying to figure out this online thing so they can go and live the lifestyle that you talked about where, you know, some people have a job and, you know, like, you know, if I if I could just have a few clients, you know, then I would then I'd be able to set my own hours and wake up when I want and travel or do things like that. And it, so some people, their journey to that is they 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 sort of consciously go out and try and create it. Was it sounds like for you, it just sort of happened. It, it happened very organically. That's right. It came to me, and before I even decided, okay, I'm going to turn this. I'm going to actually legally make a company and turn this into something. Um, before that happened, I already had four clients paying me on a monthly retainer and it was because they wanted my help. They wanted to pay me. They wanted me to do X, Y, and Z and I could. And so I did. And then, and then from there, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, how can I optimize my own time so that I can be my own boss and that I can make a big difference for other people in their own company. Right, right, and so so that that was really marked the transition. It sounds like from you know basically being a freelancer to hiring a team. Is that what you mean? Yeah, um, hiring a team. Well, putting for each the way that WebScout works can be so we can do just consulting where we just my favorite part. You just show up. There's no research before. <laughs> you you know share everything that you know based on what you already know and based on what they're telling you. And you, you know, you charge them an hourly fee and you give them a one, two, three next steps and they either go do them or they ask you to do them. <laughs> and so when they ask me to do them, I either, I do one of two things. I either put together a project team for that, for that specific project based on variables or budget, audience, all those things, industry. And I find the right people for the team who may be contractors, but they might be somebody on my team as well. It just depends. I'm going to get the best person for the job, whether they're on my team or not. So that's kind of the flexibility of building the project team once you plan the project and you figure out the resources and you have everything ready to go one, two, three. Right, right. Okay. And what were some of the challenges when you made this transition from from being an employee, basically, to having you know from having a job to doing what you do now? 
I'm sure there were some mistakes along the way. Oh, there's always mistakes. But actually, one of the things, one of the things when I hire someone that I think is so important is that they're not afraid to make mistakes. Basically, the way I look at mistakes is if I'm not making any, I don't know what I'm doing because <laughs> things move so fast and they change so fast in digital marketing that if I'm not screwing up, <laughs> granted, I'm not going to screw up with my own client's dollars um, or my own client's brand, but if I'm not making taking that next step, then I'm already behind everybody else and I'm just doing what everybody else's best practices are and I'm not trying anything new. I'm not doing any R&D. I'm not testing. That is, to me, the mistakes are important. And when I hire someone, when I, I've got uh, a girl I interviewed yesterday and I said, <laughs> I just need somebody who's not afraid to make a mistake but a smart mistake, right? Know the difference. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel about that. So mistakes in the industry are very important to me. As far as building a whole business, those are, you know, that could go anywhere. That could go all the way to, you know, where where my husband's like, <laughs> wait a minute, you don't know what you're going to make this month or next month or the next month? <laughs> Like, well, I think it'll be this, but here's the, um, used to the, to the paycheck that when it started changing, you know, one month it could be this little, you know, it could be a, a very small amount and the next month could be 20 times as much. Yep. So getting him used to that was interesting, <laughs> but he, uh, you know, once a year went by, um, and he saw how it worked. And he saw how happy I was doing it and enjoying it. Um, it was pretty much, I could pretty much tell him I'm doing anything at this point. And he, he believed in me. <laughs> That's cool. That's, I mean, that would be, I feel like that would be a podcast in itself is how to manage a, a relationship like that. Is he an employee or does, does he, is he an entrepreneur as well? No, he has his own job. He has not worked for me um, at all, actually. <laughs> But I mean, so but but I mean, does he have his own business, or does he work for another company? Yeah, he is a operations manager for a restaurant chain um, in the states. There you go. Okay, because the the interesting thing here, I find this almost just from a philosophical point of view. Like I I notice that when I go home to um, to Australia to visit my my family, I'm not married or anything at the moment, so flying solo. So that makes you know, on the one hand, it, it's easy in a sense, but when I go home to to visit my family, so my you know my mom, my dad, my sister, things like that, they're all dad self employed, so that helps. But but there's there's very much it's been very difficult to explain exactly. Like they're always like, so what do you actually do? They, they, you know, most people have no idea. It's like, how do you get paid? Where do you get your clients from? Why do you people even want to hire you? Like, what's the, they just don't understand how that, if you don't go to an office and, and perform work and check in and you have a boss and then you leave, if you don't do that, you, you, there's no way you can make money. And so there's this weird difference between, you know, um, the, 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 being an employee uh, and, and being, I guess, sort of like an online entrepreneur. If, you, if you're a baker or something, they, they'd probably get it. But it's not, not saying that either way is right or wrong. It's just, it's a fascinating, um, it's a fascinating thing. Yeah, especially with the industry, right? Online marketing or digital marketing, because it's so, it's so foreign to someone who's, you know, 70 plus that it just, <laughs> they may never get it. 
So yeah. a lot of questions, but then at some point they stop, they stop asking questions. When you start showing them, hey, look, I got top 10 startups in North Carolina this year. Look at my award, you know, and hey, I got, you know, when they start seeing those kind of that sort of press or that proof, hey, I was in Inc. Magazine. Did you see it? <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> so, okay, what you're doing is working, and, and you must be pretty smart. I think it might be one of those, um, what did Jesus say, right? Something like, you're, you're a prophet is never respected in his own hometown or something like that. You're never a... You're never an expert in your own area because they know your mom and your dad and they watched you grow up and wipe snot off your face, right? <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, um, I'm curious about what, what, like, what do you actually do? So when you say attraction marketing, walk me through, like, yeah. what, do you, what, did you, what do you actually do for these clients in, specifically? Right. So specifically, so what I first do is a little bit of research and planning. So we have a goal, whatever that goal is, which is usually I want to have a hundred new leads per week through my website. Right now I have 10. (laughs) So first thing first is we do some initial research and I'm usually looking at this from a very holistic point of view. So comprehensive kind of research um, on what they're doing now. Um, How are they measuring it? What, you know, how do they know they have 10, how do they know those 10 turned into, um, you know, what amount of revenue are they tracking? You know, the early stuff of what they're doing, what needs to change as far as what do we need to change on their website? What do we need to change to make sure that measurement is automated? Are there any tools that we need to introduce? Do you know your audience? Who is your audience? Where are they hanging out online? Do you know your differentiators? What are they? Are they really different? Are they perceived as different? Does that need to change? Do we need to um, work on the brand? You know, how do people see you now? Uh, What do they perceive when they think of your brand? You know, (laughs) is it negative, positive? Um, So there's customer interviews. Um, there's a lot of online research as far as finding the audience and where they're hanging out in order to attract them to, um, your product or service. Um, there's a, I mean, a handful of other things, right? There's Mm. pay-per-click audits of, are you spending too much? Are you not using the right keywords? Um, keyword research, um, on page, you know, conversion optimization, all those things have to be looked at first, then. You devise um, a plan as far as what to do, what's going to happen, first, second, third, what's the biggest, you know, number one is always going to be taking a step back to make sure that the brand is solid before we go do any marketing around it. So it could be that they need to separate out a, a product that needs its own you know, brand identity that goes with this product because it doesn't fit in with the rest of what you're doing or... How would you, you figure know, that, that out? That kind of... Huh? What's that? How would you figure that out? Um, it really comes down to, again, so I'm approached... I approach everything from a search engine perspective. The way that people find things and buy things online is how I look at everything. So depending on the behavior of people and the way that they search would be a, 
a factor, not, you know, 100%, but would be one of those variables that goes into deciding whether or not this product needs to be separated out. Let's say it's like a, you know, let's say if we're just talking about shoes. What if the blue, if there's a blue pair of shoes that has a very different looking feel and would have a different audience, like different people would buy this blue pair of shoes than the people that buy the rest of the shoes, then, well, I need to attract this person, this type of people, and they're different than this other type of people. So that would be a, another variable that goes into it. You know, how, what the, who the audience is. Is it, if it's a different audience, that could be an indicator that we need to at least explore whether or not that product needs its own separate brand. And so you can start to create, you can, don't always need to or have to, but you can become very niche as far as this blue shoe. Now I have a brand around this blue shoe. So this blue shoe is so popular that we could actually build a whole business around just this blue shoe based on search volume trends and audience. Does that make sense or do I need to kind of change the way I talked about that? (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely very (laughs) complex. So it sounds like what you do is we've got a big uh, sort of large-scale overview of everything and trying to find the weak points in the almost the whole marketing aspect. So it sounds like you you know you really do approach it from this holistic perspective. And then when it gets down into it, in in the in the sort of the mud and the dirt, it's like seeing you know what specific things can we do? Like uh, can we figure out that certain groups of people are looking for certain types of things? So maybe we need to split off the product a little bit so it's more yeah, easy to understand. So they can find it. Yeah. So they, so they can find it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What, and what would you, you know, if someone was listening to this and they were like, man, I want to do what Laura does. Or maybe this, maybe, mm-hmm. how about this? Maybe because this is what we talked about, right, a week ago, that maybe because the over-representation of men on this podcast has maybe discouraged uh, some women from, you know, who listen to it. Maybe they're thinking, I can't do this, it's all guys. Or um, they're like, it's just a sausage fest, I don't even want to get involved in that. So here we are, we've got, you know, you're representing. Uh, what would you say to the, the women out there if they're listening? What would you, your advice be if they want to go and, you know, live a similar, you know, create a similar life to you, you know, with the same business and freedom and all of that? Uh, that's a good question. Um, to all the women. <laughs> okay. We could just um, say just to one woman. If that's a bit too grand, yeah, just imagine you just speaking to one, uh, one woman. She's she's a brunette. Um, she's, <laughs> she's sitting there expectantly, like she's just asked you a question, and she wants to know how does she how does she create a life like yours? How does she have the courage to live the way you live? I think you just answered it. I think the word courage, I, because if you don't go and do, or if you don't try, or if you don't take that risk, you're never going to get to the next step. So it's that first step. I, I actually mentor some young women, quite a few, and uh, one of them I was in a conversation with a, uh, a newer mentee for me. She is in a full-time job that she is a graphic designer. She does content development for a real estate firm. She manages a team of six or seven people, and she is bored out of her mind (laughs) because it's so corporate that she doesn't get to play with her creativity. And the um, the people in charge are kind of holding her, holding their own company back from really exploding potentially. 
Um, but they don't see it that way. They just see it as um, controlling, <laughs> controlling a level of professionalism probably is how they look at it and kind of keeping things as they are not so anyway, she she came to me because she wanted to talk to a successful entrepreneur and it doesn't really, you know, a strong one is how she is how she was introduced to me and wanted to know what to do. And I was like, well, what what do you want to do? <laughs> you know, figure out what you want to do first. Anything. You could do anything. If um if you want to do for her, she wanted to do something very unusual, like I had never heard of this before, but Christmas decorations. (laughs) Um, Christmas decorations for for your home or your office or your retail space, that was her passion. That was what she got excited about doing. I mean, I guess it's the design mind, right? The the graphic design mind. That's what she wanted to do. So we just kind of spent 10 minutes and put together a plan of how she's going to get started. And she's already... She's already doing. See, she needs to. You need to do it on the side. Keep your job. Keep your income. Do what you want to do on the side. The money will come. You have to figure it out, right? <laughs> you have to do sometimes for free until people start talking about you, and then you just take advantage of that people talking about you and spread that word of mouth using, you know, using a lot of different things. But digital is what I would use. And then the word gets out and people start, you know, you start to figure out what people want and what they're going to pay. But you have to go do it. You can't just think about it, wish about it, or wait. Like she was waiting for her sister to get out of college or something to help her. And I'm like, don't wait. (laughs) Just go do now. And here's, you know, here's the first one for you to do. Don't wait till Christmas. (laughs) Right. Go do Valentine's Day. Go do Easter, even though that's not what your passion is. Go do that to learn. And then by Christmas time, you'll be ready to have people pay you. I like that. I like that. I think that's a good note to finish on. Um, if people want to learn more about you, whether they want to hire you to, to do some marketing for them or, or maybe there's a, someone listening who would like to hire you to be their mentor, uh, where, <laughs> where, where can they do all of that? I, my website is called website. I'm sorry, webscoutmarketing.com. But it's really, I really link in quite a bit to connect with people. I think that's how we connected. Actually, didn't you reach out to me? Yeah, yeah, on LinkedIn. How did you find me? Where did you, why did you reach out to me? I was just on LinkedIn looking for uh, people in e-commerce and I was connecting with them and just trying to get phone calls to see what would come out of it. And in this case, we did a podcast and sometimes it's a <laughs> webinar and sometimes it's a client. And yeah, you know, that's just been a big push for, for, for me with a different business actually. But um, yeah, so I'm okay. connected on LinkedIn. So yeah, people can check you out. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So Laura Bell Greeno, my I have a middle name, um, C E L L, so it's my nickname. So Laura Bell Greeno is how it is on LinkedIn. Just connect with me there, and you know, let me know where you heard about me and why you want to connect, so, so I don't do it you. <laughs> awesome. Cool. All right, we'll do all of links to all of that in the show notes at themcmethod.com. Laura, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Yeah. 
everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.